It's the Zero Lives Left podcast, episode 41. Welcome to the Zero Lives Left podcast. What is it you have always wanted to do? Are you stuck going around in circles? Sound familiar? Maybe you have always wanted to start a business. Maybe there's a particular career path you have wanted to follow. Each episode, we bring you an inspiring insight from someone who has done it, how they did it, along with actionable tips on how you can make it happen. Now, here's your host, Wayne Denner. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Zero Lives Left podcast. My name is Wayne. I'm your host on this journey. Thank you once again for tuning back into another episode of the show. As always, if this is your first time coming across the podcast and you've no idea what it's all about, maybe you've seen something on social media, maybe one of your friends sent you a link and says, you know what, you got to check this podcast out. Let me give you a quick rundown on how things work around here. Each episode, we bring you no-nonsense, real, right-to-the-point podcast banter on business, career, and life. Maybe you're somebody who's always wanted to start a business or get started in a particular career path. This podcast provides you with real, practical advice and tips which you can apply to help you succeed on your business and life journey covering a range of topics we will have something which will help you along on your way. Don't forget if there's something you would like me to feature, cover on the show, please do reach out, please do get in touch. You can drop me an email into studio at zeroliveslevepodcast.com or you can drop me a tweet at Zero Lives Left. The Zero Lives Left podcasting website is up and running. Lots of great information available over on the website. Make sure you stop by Zero Lives Left podcast.com. You can get previous episodes of the show. You can find out a little bit more about our guests and also you can find out about my upcoming podcasting course, which is going to be launching over the next couple of weeks. It's nearly ready to go. And if you're somebody who's listening into this podcast and maybe you'd like to launch your own podcast, I would really encourage you to definitely take that step forward. If you've got something that you'd like to share with people, but you're maybe not sure on how to how to put the podcast together, what equipment you might need. I have a simple podcasting course seven simple steps designed just for you which will help you launch successfully your podcast so there's more information available over at zero lives left podcast.com if you're enjoying this show if you're enjoying the episodes of the podcast please do rate and review the show if you're listening on itunes if you're listening over on stitcher radio spotify or whichever platform you are listening to this podcast on today reviews are really important and they do help other people find out about the show today we've got another great episode lined up for you definitely this is one that you're going to want to have a pen and paper handy i'm chatting with terry rob head of personal banking at ulster bank and we're chatting all about our recent facebook live where we talked about fraud and scams and some things that people need to think about whether you're hitting the high street or whether you're shopping online so simple ways to protect yourself and help keep your money safe and secure all right let's not waste any more time and get right in to episode 41 of the zero lives left podcast Good morning. We are live on Facebook. Welcome along if you're joining this live this morning. If you're picking it up later on the replay, 
welcome to you. This morning, I'm chatting with Terry Robb, um, Head of Personal Banking at Ulster Bank, and we're chatting all things fraud and scams. I've partnered up with Ulster Bank and over the next couple of weeks um, to help keep people safe and secure on the run-up to Christmas. Ulster Bank are taking part in the Take 5 to Stop Fraud, a national ongoing campaign um, by the Financial <clears throat> Action Fraud and the UK government. And what better way to kick this all off than today, Black Friday. So if you're hitting the high street or you're hitting the internet on the run up to Christmas, we've got some great tips today in order to help keep you safe and secure. Terry, thanks for taking time out today to join me on the Facebook Live. Um, let's dive right into this. Yep. Ulster Bank are doing great work yep. when it comes to leading the way, helping keep customers safe and secure. What sort of things are you guys up to? Um, lots of stuff because the number one priority we have is to keep customers safe and secure. It's the most important thing we, we can do for a customer. The big thing we want for everyone to understand is that a fraud could happen to literally anyone. It could happen to be anyone. Um, you don't have to be a technical whiz kid to stop it happening to you, but the number of people that are on the other side of that that are trying to attempt frauds is vast and very complicated. So there's lots of things that we're doing. Um, some of the highlights, if you want to start getting right into it in terms of digital, for instance, on our mobile banking app, etc., We've got fingerprint recognition, so the only person can have access to my mobile app is, is myself, so it just opens straight away. We've got face time recognition, so we can scan your face if you have the right technology to do that. So again, a really good security measure. But for everyone, it starts with the education, from account opening, through the account process, whatever products that you take, whatever needs we meet for you, there's education points all along the way about how we can help you protect yourself against fraud. Now, scammers and fraudsters are using more and more sophisticated methods yeah. in order to trick people. Um, they're, they're using different types of technology. They're using different platforms. Yeah. And the reach of these scammers and fraudsters now is even wider than ever before. Your staff in Lurgan recently prevented a woman being scammed out of nearly £20,000. Can you tell us a little bit about what happened? Yeah, certainly. So fraudsters look for every opportunity and they're not nice people. Obviously, they're very callous. They look for vulnerable people within our society. They look for everyone, but they look for vulnerable people within our society. So in that particular case, it had a number of elements about where fraud can occur from. So first of all, there was a bit of identity fraud come in where they knew quite a bit of information about her. They also um, acted as if they were a supplier who she normally dealt with um, through a utility company. Whenever they contacted her in her details, they convinced her that they, she was dealing with the utility company and they convinced her that she was actually about to be um, uh, defrauded herself by someone else. So what they were basically telling her to do is that she needed to go into her bank, move money out of that to stop this fraud from happening. Um, so the lady, thankfully, had to be able to come into the bank to do the transaction. And whenever she came into the bank to do the transaction, the staff were all trained educated on looking for unusual activity um, our computer systems would also pick up unusual activity and this was an unusual transaction so what the staff immediately done was to kick into the police banking protocol we rang through to the, the direct number we have for the police the great news was that we were able to stop the fraud happening the customer didn't lose their money but more importantly there's a fraudster hopefully is going to do some time now before the crime so that that's a really important one and the really important part for that was even the publicity that came from that showed people the steps that the bank does take to try to protect them at, at all times. And it also hopefully is a warning to other fraudsters that we have good systems in place and if you're caught 
it's not going to end well for you. And those systems are very, very important. And you mentioned education is yeah. very, very important here. It's important to get this message out to many, to as many people as possible. And of course, yeah. we're on the run up to Christmas. Uh, we've got Black Friday today. Yeah. We're going to have more fraudsters and scammers up to their old tricks yeah, yeah. again. So it is important that people are vigilant. And also, yeah. you know, um, a massive well done to the staff in that particular branch yeah. for also being vigilant. That was really important. Oh, yeah. They, they, they run super. So like, all of our staff are fully trained professional bankers in terms of they go through lots of education on a regular basis about how to spot frauds and scams etc and i know you're very involved in sort of helping young people and um, protect themselves whenever they're online etc so it really does start from an education point of view from someone who opens their account we tell them never reveal your pin and password the real basic security premises and as i said earlier this isn't complicated to stop just stop we second think does this transaction seem normal don't give out your pin or password, that type of education. And then as people go through their life's journey, we always educate them through our digital mobile app. We'll consistently go out, tell you how to keep yourself safe and secure. On our website, I done a transaction the other day on my website where I was paying a new um, person, a new contact, it was over £250, had to get into my online bank and do it rather than my mobile. And warnings flash up straight away to say, before you do this transaction, have you received a fraud or have you received a call that you believe could be fraudulent? Are you under on due duress to do this? There's like four or five questions. So that comes up before you do the transaction. So it's about educating customers at every step of the way. And once we get the most vulnerable in society, where it's often a fraudster target, we've got a customer protection manager. He goes out and delivers talks right across Northern Ireland to local communities to tell people, look, these are the most prevalent scams at the minute. Watch out for them. And he would deal with more complicated frauds as well. And of course, with more and more of our daily activities moving online, yeah. it is important for people to be vigilant and be aware of these types of things. And many people think they have to be experts when it comes to, yeah. to staying safe online. And, and those simple tips that you mentioned will go a long way to helping keep people safe and secure. Yeah. So that education remains very, very important. Yeah. Now... There are lots of different types of frauds and scams um, out there. There are a number of them. Some have been around longer than others. Yeah. And actually, the, you know, the, the, if we think of something like email fraud, for example, and that's like always a good one to start with because yeah. that's been around now for a very, very long time. I can remember getting those spa, scam emails maybe seven, eight, nine years ago, but they're still happening today. Yeah. Let's take a quick look at some of the more um, popular scams that you guys are seeing um, in relation to, um, you know, these types of frauds. Let's start with email marketing yeah, okay. or email scamming. Yeah. So email scamming can go from most basic where you receive a, you know, someone could send a thousand emails out to the general population claiming they need help with something and asking people to send money. Somehow they'll be lure you in. There's something in it for you all the time. You're going to get a better return than you get in the savings account. It could be a cry for help. That's a sort of mass market thing. Hopefully most people are now aware if they see something like that, that if it's too good to be true, it's too good to be true broadly. Email scams, but have moved on a bit in terms of where if a fraudster hacks into someone's email system and it looks as if then you're receiving an email from a genuine supplier that you normally work along with, that, that's where people need to just be a bit more careful and really just look out for things like is the grammar within the email good? Um, if you're doubtful where it's coming from the right sort of source, is a, is a taskbar highlighted green to show that it's from a, a real provider, etc., and it's not coming from someone you don't trust? And the example that I shared with you... Um, where a family member of mine was completing a transaction. So this is a, a real life one. They received an email from a supplier that they were dealing with asking them to send funds across. They knew everything about him because it hacked into the other person's email system. To all intents and purposes, he thought he was sending money out for a transaction that he was due to do anyway. Send off the transaction in two separate amounts of money. He lost one of those amounts of money, um, the smaller amount, but for the amount of 3,600. And um, because 
the account had been blocked by somebody else reporting a fraud. He was lucky enough that it ended up in like a suspense account so he didn't lose it. But whenever he stepped back and taking that time, whenever he thought about it, he was sending money to an estate agent rather than a solicitor, which he never normally does because all house sale proceeds go through go through your solicitor. Don't go through an estate agent. So he'd done that. He read the email. There were spelling mistakes within the email. There was just things that he made a sad bagman and thought, does this, is this normal for this to happen? He could have stopped the fraud. So it's getting more sophisticated how to use emails to do fraud. But again, very simple, step back, think, does this seem right? Is this the normal course of my business? And most of the time, like, not more than 99 times out of 100, you will know that this is a fraud. And that's that take five, you know, yeah. step back, take five minutes and look at it. And I've always found with a lot of these scams, um, there are always clues, as you mentioned, yeah, the definitely. spelling, the grammar in the email. And of course, that might cross over into text messaging when yeah. you receive a text message. And it's also just important just to take a moment, take a couple of minutes and look at it. And if you see the spelling mistakes, yeah. if you see an incorrect, maybe website address. Yeah. And, and, and maybe get in, get in touch with the bank yeah. and ask, you know, is this something that I need to be aware of? Because it is important. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. So and another example, just a, so my daughter recently received a text message and young, young people are very busy and most people are doing things digitally now and they've got Apple Pay and they're on Amazon and they've got all different types of systems that they use. But she received a text message out purporting to be from her bank, asking her to click on a link to verify Apple Pay. She said she was about to do it, and then she actually realized, hang on, I don't have Apple Pay. I haven't requested to be set it up. So she'd done the appropriate thing that she went off, didn't click on the link, rang her own bank on the proper number from their website, rang them and said, I've received a text message. No, you haven't. So what they had done was they had sent her a text message. They got her telephone number from somewhere, come out as if it was coming from her bank. For all intents and purposes, it looked as if it could have been a bank text message. But as soon as she took the appropriate steps and sort of thought, well, hang on, I haven't actually asked for that to be done. Second stage is I'll ring my own bank now, just in case I'm being um, attempted fraud. And that's what it transpired to be. But because everyone's leading so busy lives and we click on links here and click on links there, you just always need to be careful. And again, we keep repeating it. Just take a second or two and think, is this, does this seem real? Have I asked for this to be done? Does it look as if I'm dealing with the, the proper supplier? Um, and that, that was another case in a genuine one where, again, she stopped the fraud by just taking a bit of time and thinking about it. Which is really, really important. Yeah, and that, exactly. that in itself will help keep you safe and secure. Yeah. Now let's talk a little bit about romance scams. What are they and what do people need to think about? And these, this is another growing concern yeah. for people to be, to be mindful of. Well, going back to what I said earlier, you know, fraudsters aren't nice people. They're, they're, there's nothing nice about them. So they will prey on the most vulnerable in society at times. So how a romance scam normally starts is that somehow they'll engage with the person through social media and whatever channel that happens to be. And they'll start to build up a relationship with the person. It could be friendship at the start, whatever way it gets built up, but they lure the person more and more into it, get them more and more involved in it. But somewhere along the line, they will then ask for money for a purpose, either for that person to visit the UK, that they can't access their own bank accounts, they need some assistance for a few days, whatever it happens to be, it will always end up with the person asking for money. Now, if you think in these romance scams, whenever they're praying on people who maybe are in one of a relationship or um, for whatever reason feel as if this would be would be good for them personally, they're, they're in a position where they really want to be involved in the type of thing. So whenever it gets to the stage of asking for money, they're sort of in it a bit at this stage. So it's nearly difficult sometimes to say, no, I'm not going to do it. But you know, if it, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's, it's probably a duck. So it is. So I think, again, it's just about people need to step back all the time and think, again, why would this person be asking to send me £10,000 to get across into the UK? It's unlikely anyone's ever going to be asked for that, really. But... 
unfortunately it does happen to people people have lost money on it so that that is the real fact of life and all these frauds which i could sit here and say that there's ways to protect it if you don't take those steps you do lose out of money and it's people's money hard earned at the end of the day so again we'll keep repeating it just think does this seem real if you need advice go to whoever you think is the most appropriate person your bank a citizen's advice agency ask someone else just go and ask someone i've been asked to do this what do you think taking that simple step will probably stop more than 99% of frauds. And of course, the idea behind today's Facebook Live is to, Facebook Live is to raise awareness to people yeah. out there about these particular types of scams. And I think that's a really, really important point that if it's, yeah. if it's too good to be true, then it often is. And it's very, very important that people do look a little bit further and take yeah. that time. Now, telephone scams are also a problem and, yeah. and something people need to be aware of as well. And I know a lot of elderly, um, relatives of mine who have nearly almost been caught out by this type of scam yeah. where they've received a call from somebody um, pretending to be from a particular well-known organization. And they're either trying to get that person to to, to part with some personal information, to pay for something, or indeed to download something onto their computer in order to let remote access into their machine. What are you seeing there, Terry? Um, Again, so it's an old fraud. It doesn't mean that it's it's gone away as such that... um, to nearly, if we go back a step, first of all, something I would say is on things like social media, try to keep your profiles private. You know, try not to let your information get out there in the first place to people that you don't want to get it. Your confidential ways, things that include any details about yourself, your name, your address, your bank account details, your, your birthday, whatever it happens to be, don't share them with anyone that you don't have to share them with and make sure you dispose of it. The, the more steps you take like that, the less chance there is that you'll get one of the calls in the first place. Whenever you do receive a call, again, think, does this seem real? Because it probably will come from someone that you do supply because the fraudster will know something about you that led to that telephone call happening in the first place. So once that call comes through, just think, does this seem normal? Has the supplier done this with me before? If they start asking you to reveal details about your bank account, the bank will never do that. No bank will ever do that. No financial supplier will ever ask you to reveal your PIN, passwords, details like that on the phone. So think to yourself, if they're asking me questions that I wouldn't normally get asked, and if the answer is yes, stop the call. And there's no harm in stopping a call at any stage and saying, look, would you mind if I just rang you back? Go and look up the appropriate number for the organization, be it the bank, BT, whatever utility supplier. But one of the top tips that we could give you, Wayne, is that they can, fraudsters can unfortunately stop your telephone line. So if they're ringing you from a, from a number and you receive a call and you say, the fraudster may even suggest to you, look, we always ask people to ring us back on our official number if you want to go and get that from the website. You put the phone down. But if they haven't put the phone down, quite often that line's still live. You may go and get the correct number, dial it in. The person answers it. You're still on the line with the same person. So where possible, if you think you're being defrauded and you're taking that step, try to ring from another from another number. If you've got a different landline, a different mobile, your friend's mobile, but try to ring from somewhere else because that is a big one where the fraudster can take a, a second step that you've, they've told you to ring. You know, we're very aware that frauds can happen. We'll never ask you to you know, reveal details now. We'll ask you to ring the bank's official number. So just always think, what steps can I take to make sure that I'm protecting myself here? And I think when it comes to social media, it makes some really great points there, Terry. In fact, that, you know, people need to be careful about the sensitive information yeah, that they could be yeah. publicly sharing on social media platforms that, that gives those fraudsters a clue, maybe, or a little bit more information to, to that particular yeah. type of individual. So, you know, changing your passwords regularly, you know, all these types yeah. of things are really, really important. And those are great steps that people can take in order to stay yeah. safe and secure because the, the, the reality is that we're seeing these examples happen in Northern Ireland. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. So you should only ever reveal any of your personal information to anyone that you have to reveal it to for a particular reason. Um, 
once it's out there in social media, it's out there. If you've put something out there about yourself, you may as well accept that the entire world knows about it at that stage. And if you've done that, some of those people will be fraudsters. Somewhere along the line, someone can pick up that information about you. I'll tell you an example that actually I seen last year that I that I couldn't believe, despite all the education was on, where I heard I was in a in a pub um, and someone was going to the ATM to lift money. The person beside them heard they were going to lift money and says, you wouldn't mind doing me a favour and lift the money for me. Handed across their bank card and their PIN number. By the time the person left to go to the ATM, there were five different people that had actually handed across their own bank accounts and PIN numbers. I sat there aghast and thinking, why are these people doing this? And they trusted every single person that was in the room. The crazy thing about it is that anyone within that pub could have heard the PIN number. It's only a matter then of somehow or other getting the card and your, and your money's gone. So um, I just think you need to be really careful with your personal information. And to get back to the real, real basic things about you know the take five, a bank will never ask you for your PIN and passcode. The whole point that you get them is it's relevant to yourself, it's particular to yourself, it's private, you should be the only person that knows about it. So just always consider if you're releasing personal information, what's the purpose of it? Does the person really need to know it? And particularly in social media, because once it's out there, I assume everyone has it. And it's back to the reach that these fraudsters have. You know, they're no longer working in a certain part of the world. They can be working from anywhere. Now, you mentioned again the Take 5 campaign that uh, Ulster Bank are are taking part in. So let's take a look at a quick video which looks at some of these uh, examples. So we talked a little bit um, of some of the simple tips that people, Terry, can 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 use when it comes yeah. to being more safe and secure. What would be your sort of best advice? You mentioned the take five minutes and stop and think, but what sort of what are the things that we need to be thinking about? Yeah, um, I, I think first and foremost, always remember if, the, if this is an attempted bank fraud and fraudsters asking you for details, the bank will never ask you for your pen and password. They, they just won't. And again, I give you an example recently where. A fraudster tried to defraud someone saying, we will never ask you for the full details, but give us the second and fourth details of your PIN code. Then the next day, they came back and said, different supplier, give us your first and third details of your PIN code. All of a sudden, had had your PIN code. Banks will never ask you for that information. They might ask you to key it into the system, but they'll never ask you for it over, over a telephone. So number one, and don't give out your PIN and passcode to anyone. It's personal to yourself. Number two, be careful with what personal information you release out there, either through inadvertently put in personal information in the bin where someone else could pick it up from, stuff on social media that could become um, relevant to a fraudster. So be very careful with your own personal information. And overseeing all of that, the biggest tip that I could give everyone is just stand back for a second and think, is this, is this real? So in those cases that I give you, the personal ones, um, where a family member of mine sent money across by an email, if he just stood back and thought for a minute, he wouldn't have sent it because it was an unusual transaction. My daughter um, ringing the bank from a different phone line because she received the text message. She'd done the, she'd done the right thing in that. The romance scam, just really think, you know, this is too good. If it's too good to be true, just really question yourself about it. The case where we stopped the scam in Lurgan came through the bank's vigilance. So we need customers to be vigilant. We need us as a bank and the bank and industry to be very vigilant. We've got lots of information out there to protect people, education through their, through their um, banking cycle. And there is a real, I suppose, importance within that. We don't want everyone to sort of not use digital means of interacting with their bank because there is safe ways to do it. And we have a security promise that as long as you've never given out your PIN and passcode, we refund any money that's fraudulently taken out of account. If you haven't been part of the fraud yourself, the banks will always stand behind you. The bank does monitor your account. If there's unusual transactions, we will come to you. And if we're coming to you, we will do it in a safe and secure manner. So I think there's definitely things that consumers can do. There's things that the bank are doing. But if everyone if everyone takes those simple steps, we'll never eradicate fraud completely. But we can make it far less prevalent than it is and make it harder for fraudsters. 
Now let's look where people can find out more information, um, you know, in order to help keep themselves safe and yeah. secure. You know, you guys have a quiz uh, yeah. available over on the website, which I actually took. Yeah. Um, and I think I've done, quite, I, I done quite well. Yeah, yeah I've done quite well. And I love the way it has those different scenarios. Yeah. I think that's really, really useful and really, really important. Just yeah. like you're talking about these real world examples today. Yeah. So, you know, getting people to check out that quiz, take that quiz, yeah. and, and no doubt that quiz will be evolved and will be updated yeah. all the time. What other information do you guys have available to help people stay safe and secure? So from a customer comes in their branch, there's various pieces of literature here that we'll always produce. It'll give you top five tips in a very simple way about how you can protect yourselves against fraud. So that's if you actually come into our bank, we'll make sure we're educating you from that point of view. If you go through a financial health check with the bank where we'll look at your finances, we will always look at are you doing banking in the most safe and secure manner? If you're looking for additional information on our website, if you go into the bank's official website, you'll always find information on there about safety and security. Other means, consumer council, advice organizations, there's lots of you say, you know, we're not the only bank doing the take five um, initiative, all banks are involved in it. So if you can't get in contact what I would say, with your own bank or whoever you think can give you the best information, go to someone else. I always ask a second person that's got an independent take on this here. So um, lots, lots of steps happening. We've got a customer protection manager. We've got community managers that are out there educating, particularly vulnerable people. So recently we met with HNI to see what steps we could take to help their um, most you know, prevalent population and um, to become more safe and secure whenever they're banking online. So we're going through a series of um, meetings with them now where we're going to do education programs because people have worked hard for the money. They get to stage in life. The last thing we want to see is them being defrauded out of their money. But as you said, come back to earlier on about the work you do with kids in terms of helping them. It starts with an education piece from being very young through the life cycle of your products. And whenever you get to sort of that, maybe vulnerable whenever you're a bit older and you're sort of less knowledgeable of some of these things we're doing our best to try to protect those customers and it's great to see Ulster Bank being so proactive in this space helping customers be safe and secure and you know if we have somebody watching this Facebook live today maybe you know it's Black Friday people are going to be going online they're going to be shopping they're going to be hitting the high streets and maybe they feel that something might have went wrong yeah they're Definitely better to reach out and get in touch. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Ring through to your bank. Get, get the official number for the bank for every, um, so we've got a fraud line. Just ring it directly. And even if, even if you haven't been through a fraud, like the bank don't care if they receive a thousand calls in every day and none of them are fraud. If people are just checking that their details are right and does this, you know, does it seem sensible? That's what the team's there for. Um, it's an exciting day, Black Friday. Hopefully some people get a bargain. I always just watch the bargain might not be what you think it is. I feel like a dog's not just for Christmas, it's for life. If you're buying some, make sure you want it first of all. Good to go back to sort of... Again, if it's too good to be true on Black Friday, be careful. <laughs> exactly. And uh, you know, it's a good governance in terms of even financial budget. You know, make sure you need these things first of all. But if you are transacting, do it in a safe and secure way. I think those are great tips. I want to thank Terry uh, for taking time out today to join me on this Facebook Live. Those people who are picking it up on the replay, please do watch this video. Please do share it with your family and friends. Lots of important tips today when it comes to being safe and secure um, on the run up to Christmas, but not just on the run up to Christmas, anytime. This information is very, very important. And we want to get this information out to as many people as possible. So make sure you keep an eye on any further information coming through my Facebook page and also keep an eye on the podcast that's going to be going to be coming your way next week all right hope you enjoyed that episode of the podcast taken from my recent facebook live with terry robb head of personal banking at ulster bank and lots of great takeaways in this episode in order to help keep your money safe and secure on the run up to christmas whether you're hitting the high street or you're hitting the interwebs like me 
in order to do your Crimble shopping. Unfortunately, scammers are becoming more sophisticated and devious at getting our information and are using technology and social media in very sophisticated ways to target people. So it is important that you do take steps in order to protect yourself. Terry covered three types of fraud and scams in the Facebook Live. He talked about telephone fraud, he talked about email fraud and the kind of things that you need to watch out for, and also romance scams. But it doesn't end there. There are other types of fraud and scams that people need to be aware of. So it is important to keep yourself up to date, to keep yourself informed. If you are looking more information on anything we've covered on the Facebook Live or you've heard in today's episode of the podcast, please do stop by digital.ulsterbank.co.uk and click on the Security Centre. And don't forget, you can bounce across to the take5-stopfraud.org.uk website and that's that Take 5 to Stop Fraud which is an ongoing campaign that Ulster Bank are taking part in with the Financial Action Fraud and the UK government. And remember, if you're ever approached for money, whether that be online or offline, it's important just to take five minutes and stop and think critically. Who has asked for the information? Why do they want personal information? Does it look genuine? And remember, no bank or law enforcement will ever ask for access to your account or for remote access to your computer. So take those five minutes and stop and think critically. I want to thank Terry Robb for taking time out to join me on the Facebook Live and also for sharing this information with our podcast listeners here on the Zero Lives Left podcast. Don't forget, as always, if there's somebody you would like me to speak to, interview, invite onto the show as a guest, I would love to hear from you. Please do reach out by dropping me an email into studio at zero lives left podcast.com or send me a tweet to at zero lives left. Make sure you check out the Zero Lives Left podcast website, now up and running. Lots of great information available over there. Previous guest interviews, transcripts of the podcast, and also you can find out a little bit more information about that podcasting course that I'm going to be launching over the next couple of weeks. We're going to be coming back very soon with another episode of the Zero Lives Left podcast. I want to thank you once again for tuning in to today's episode, and I'll see you very soon for episode 42 of the Zero Lives Left podcast. Thanks for listening to the Zero Lives Left podcast with Wayne Denner. Make sure to check out Wayne's new book, The Student's Guide to an Epic Online Reputation, available from WayneDenner.com and follow him on Twitter at Wayne Denner. Tune in next time.